How many of you have been afraid of something? Listen, if you didn't put your hand up, I'm not sure you've existed on the earth for any length of time. You know, fear, fear is kind of a part of our lives in some way, shape, or form. And in fact, you know, here during, during October, it's capitalized on. Uh, I, was, I was at the Home Depot parking lot this last week, and there's this guy stuffing a skeleton into his trunk, right? And I'm like, only in America would we not freak out about this, right? You know, any other time of the year or any other country, you'd be like, is that a real person? What's really going on there? And it, it didn't phase me at all. I'm like... There's something wrong that I'm not afraid of this. But, but the thing is, there's a lot of fearful things that happen in this world, aren't there? Uh, some, some real and some just in our minds, right? In other words, there, there are things that we fear that are going to happen that maybe aren't going to happen. But then that fear becomes what? Anxiety in our lives when it's left long enough. So these things are very real and it impacts us all at different levels. And so there's all kinds of phobias. And that term phobia actually means something that's in a, irrational, uh, probably isn't going to happen, all those things. But I want to say this right now, and I'm not here to condemn or put down anyone that's dealing with phobias in their lives. Uh, because to you, these things are very real. And I respect that. I understand that. But here's what I want to say. You don't have to stay there. That's what I want you to know. God wants to help you. But let me just give you some examples of a couple of phobias that are out there. And by the way, there are like thousands of them, all right? But I'm just going to touch on just a couple of them. One of them is global phobia. And you might say, what's that all about? Well, anything that's globe-shaped or round, all right? Uh, for example, the fear of balloons. Now, this could be well-founded. What if you were like a young kid and somebody brought a close balloon near you and popped it right in your face? You ever had that happen? It scares little kids nearly to death, right? And, and so you can imagine you have that happen to you a few times, and then later on in life, all of a sudden you see a balloon and you have a little mini panic attack, and you're like, what is wrong with me? Well, maybe you had a traumatic event in your past that, that a balloon exploded in your face a couple of times. You know, there could be a reason why that's still impacting you today. So there's, there's one example. Uh, he, here's another one. Uh, how about this? And in fact, some of you have this. I'm going to tell you that right now. Uh, nomophobia. And that is the fear of being out of mobile phone contact. And now, how do you know the symptoms? Well, let's say your battery goes dead on your phone. How do you feel? Do you feel a bit anxious? Is it beginning to affect you and impact you? Uh, what about if you lose your phone? It's like all hell breaks loose in my house if someone in my household, you know, loses their phone. It's like, ah, I, I'm going to die without it. We had, a, a couple of years ago, when I heard this story, I just had to shake my head. We had a youth group event on a Wednesday. And how many people know the cell phone service here is like horrible, right? So unless you're hooked into our guest Wi-Fi, you're probably not going to get a phone call or a text in here. You might, you might not. So anyway, there's one particular day, uh, there was, must have been a cell tower down, our internet went down at the same time. Literally the kids called, we have a landline up there, still a phone with a, a wire on it. They literally called home to get picked up because they couldn't stand being apart from cell phone connection, internet connection. Wow. You know, that's literally how far things have gotten. Uh, I, I don't know what I did when all we had was a phone with a wire on it. I, I don't know how I survived. I, I, I have no idea. But the thing is, it impacts us, doesn't it, at different levels. That feeling of anxiety for most of us is happening. If we can't find our cell phone, you start to feel anxious. Well, yeah, that is a phobia that you're dealing with. Okay, how about this one? There's a lot of people that deal with this. Aquaphobia. You know what I mean by that, right? Fear of water. We're doing a baptism service. It's not unusual for one person or more to say to me, whisper in my ear, hey, I'm afraid of dunking my head in the water. You know, I, I have a phobia. I'm like, listen, Jesus is with you. It's going to be okay. And, I, and I'm here to tell you that every single person that said that, 
Jesus was with them. They survived. They come out the other side, and it was all good. So if you're one of those people, it's going to be okay, I promise you, all right? But the thing is, this is very real. Uh, when I was 10 years old, so this is 1975, so you can do the math, figure out how old I really am. I'm like an old, old geezer. My wife keeps telling me I'm a year older, and I keep minusing a year every year. So I'm just like approaching 50 now. That's what I'm thinking. But anyway, when I was 10 years old, 1975, a movie came out, and my older sister, who's 10 years older than me, thought it would be great to take her younger 10-year-old brother to see Jaws. The original Jaws, all right? Now, this is predating many of you here, but it's not like Sharknado movies now, which are just funny, all right? Back then, this was like scary, scary stuff, all right? So I went there, and from that day forward, unless I could see the bottom of the swimming pool, the bottom of the bathtub, I was freaked out every time. To go into a lake or an ocean, I'm like, all I could hear is, dun, 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 dun. That's all I could hear in the back of my head of that music from Jaws, you know, it's going to get me. And I had to literally force myself to say, no, there's lots of other people that Jaws will eat, probably not me, just keep swimming, you know. And, and literally to stop myself from freezing up, from just, just having a, a full-blown panic attack. So I know what it is to deal with phobias. And again, there's an example. Somebody put that on me. Thanks, sister, you know, for doing that. Some of it is unintentional. Some of it is just circumstances that have happened in your life. But often these phobias are from our background, and we don't even sometimes know where they've come from. But they're still impacting us today. That's why I'm here to talk to you about this today. I don't want any phobia, any irrational fear to hold you back from all that God has for you. Because let me tell you something. Though God understands you're dealing with something, He wants to help you deal with it so it's a thing back there behind you so you can move forward in what He has for you. Can you say amen to that? That's what God wants for each and every one of us. And so there's a, there's a, a <laughs> there's even, this is horrible. So somebody comes up to you and normally doesn't do this and says, I want to take a selfie with you. Be wary. Here's the new thing that they do to people now, okay? So your friend may come up to you. I don't know whether they're your friend or not, but they'll come up to you and say, can we do a selfie together? And they'll put you in the main part of the screen, and so they're just there. And there's an app that they can put on their phone that will make it look like there's a spider crawling down their face. And, and then so another person with another cell phone is videotaping this. And so I, I saw this online. People are freaking out, you know, going like this to their faces. There is no spider. There is no uh, mouse running behind you. Like, it's, it's all just a scam to put fear into your life, all right? So just be wary. So you heard it first at church. Watch out for those people that want to take selfies with you. You might not want to trust them, all right? And so these things are happening, and it's very real. But here's the thing. If you have a phobia... This is very real to you, so I don't, want to, I don't want anyone to feel condemned here at this point, at this moment. I want you to know that I'm providing hope for you that you can overcome any phobia in your life. And how do we do this? We do this through what the Word of God has to say. So let's, let's look at Scripture. Here's a Scripture from 1 John 4, verse 18. And it says this, There is no fear in love, but perfect love casts out all fear, because fear involves torment. But he who fears has not been made perfect in love. Let's look at this for a minute. There is no fear. That word literally translates from the Greek phobia. It's literally where we get the word phobia. It's the same thing. An irrational you know, thing where, where fears come upon us and we're petrified even though there's actually nothing to be afraid of. And so here's what it says. There is no fear in love. That word love is agape love. It's the God kind of love, the perfect kind of love. So in God, in his love, there is no fear. 
So we need to first of all say, yes, I believe that. All right, that's true. In other words, if Jesus was to physically stand here, would you be afraid of anything? I wouldn't be, right? We wouldn't be. And so that's literally what this is saying. And it says this, but perfect love casts out all fear. Well, perfect love means complete love. Now, I would love to say that I'm complete in God, that, that my mind is totally renewed. Now, there is a completeness that's been done in our spirit. Our spirit is complete in Christ. If you've accepted Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're going to heaven. You've got a ticket to go to heaven. And say amen to that. That's a, that's a big deal, right? All right, but here's the thing. Our mind is still being renewed daily. In other words, that's where anxiety is. That's where fear is. It's not down here. It's actually up here. And so perfect love casts out all fear. In other words, if we were in heaven... There will be no more fear at all. Why? Because we will be complete spirit, soul, and body in heaven. But down here, we're still working it through with our mind, right? It's being renewed daily, meaning we're not quite perfect in our thinking, meaning there's still fears that you and I have to deal with and overcome. And that's what this is saying, right? Because fear, what? Involves torment. And literally, if you're dealing with a phobia, it's literally you're being tormented by it, right? You know, it's like, you know, you, you're afraid of this. You know, why are you such a wussy? You know, why, why, why are you that way? You know, all these things, and you're tormented by this fear. But God wants you to overcome it. And I love this, but he who fears has not been made perfect in love. This should not condemn you and I. What it's basically saying is that when we cross from this life to the next, we will have no more fear to deal with. But here's the thing. God wants us to become more complete on this side. And that means that we can overcome fears that are holding us back right here and now. Say amen to that. That's a big deal because that's what God wants to do in our lives, all right? So let me give you an example to help illustrate this. I lived on a farm in Canada. There were no street lights, no street lamps. They didn't even have outdoor lighting on the house. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's back, back in the 70s, I was, I was about five years old, and we were going from one house to the other house. My mom was taking me from one house to the other. I don't know why. And I'm one of those independent kind of kids. I'm like running around in circles, and, you know, I, I don't hold nobody's hand. You know, I just don't do that, right? So, but it's pitch black. And my mom had a flashlight back, you know, the old days with a little incandescent light bulb and the giant D batteries. You, remember those big, you could use it as a weapon if you needed to. Why do you think security guards still carry those? You know what I'm saying? There's a reason, all right? So, so she had that thing and, and shine in it. And so I'm just standing near as we're walking along and all of a sudden the light goes out. Remember the old flashlights, right? And she's shaking it and it kind of lights up a little and then it dies. Like, from every horror movie, right? Like literally, it, it, it just quits working. Pitch black. Now, I am scared to death, right? So I grab my mom's hand. I never grab my mom's hand, ever. And so I, I, I know that it was shaking, right? And But her hand is like warm and, and firm. And here's what she says. I've got you. It's going to be just fine. And then she walks, takes me straight. You know, I couldn't even see. Takes me right into the house and life moves on. Well, what made the difference? It was knowing that my mother was there, that she was in control, she wasn't afraid, and she was holding my hand. Let me tell you something. This is the illustration I want to be burned into your mind concerning the Lord Jesus Christ. That he wants to hold your hand through every single fear that you're dealing with. He wants you to know that though you're trembling and on the inside you're freaked out, that, that he is there and he is not afraid. Why? Because he's gone before you. He's made a way for you. He already knows the future from the past. He already knows everything that's going to happen to you. And he's made a way for you to overcome this. But you've got to hold on to him. And he'll hold on to you. And it will be okay. Amen? 
Now, there is some unhealthy, well, I, I talked about unhealthy fears, right? Phobias. But there's another kind of fear in the Bible that we need to know about. Because there are two definitions for fear in the Bible. One is phobia. One is the, the type of fear you don't want to have that's not from God. In fact, God's perfect love drives out. But here's the other one, and I need to touch on this before we move forward. Psalms 111 verse 10 gives us a great example. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. All who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. This fear is not phobia. This fear here is a reverential fear. It's an honoring fear. It's basically acknowledging that God created everything, he knows everything, and he lives everywhere in time. And, and he's the creator of everything we can see and we can't see. In other words, we know he's like God and we're not, all right? And it, it's a fear that is not terror. It's not that you're afraid of him. Uh, it, it, it's that you know that you're his child and he's holding your hand through everything. You're honoring him for who he is. Now, I love this because if you really have a fear of the Lord, now here's the healthy fear, it says, what will you do? It's the beginning of wisdom. In other words, all good things start with that. And then it says, all who follow his precepts have good understanding. To him belongs eternal praise. Here's, I'm going to say something. This is a little side point. If you're not doing the word, then you don't fear God. And I don't mean in a way where you're thinking he's got a giant fly swatter and he's going to whack you, you know, or a lightning bolt he's going to cast down at you. Not that kind of fear, but you don't put him in his rightful place of being at the top of your food chain of life. You know what I'm saying? Just a food for thought. That's, a, that's just a, a side note to all of this. But fear can be good, can be bad. We want the good kind of fear, that reverential fear of the Lord. Now, I want to focus right now on one specific kind of fear for the remaining time together that I believe that all of us at one level or another deal with or have dealt with. Now, when I say it, some of you immediately, you're going to have pains come in your heart because you're like, oh, man, yeah, that, that. You'll start to see names and circumstances and events plug into this. I want to talk to you about the fear of failure. Now, this is a big one because it affects every part of your life. Let, let's talk about it in the area of relationships, for example. Could be in your younger days that, that you know, you met somebody and, and you thought this is the one, right? And you took your heart out, right? And you gave them your heart on a platter. And instead of that person treasuring that heart and, and nurturing it, what did they do? They hacked it all up, right, and threw it out the door. And you're left broken and damaged and bruised by it. So guess what happens? You know, that, that, that relationship fails, right? That loser moves on. Let's just call that person what they are, right? They're a loser, right? They move on. And, and all of a sudden, someone else comes into your life that, man, this is a, a good person. And it starts to get a little serious, a little more serious. And, and you, you picked up the pieces of your heart, right? And you kind of put it back in. And you're like, nah, I'm not doing that again. I remember what happened back there, and this person, the same thing's going to happen again. So because of fear of failure, because of what happened here, here's what you do, or what many have done. They sabotage that relationship. Maybe they, they start to get serious enough to where it gets to that point where you should be sharing your heart, and it, instead, what do you do? You ghost that person, and you walk away. All of a sudden, something that could have been amazing and awesome, you said, I, I, I just can't do this. Well, what has happened? The fear of failure that happened in the past is now impacting you now, in the very present. This is very real. Same with finances. Maybe you, had, you invested, did something wrong in the past, and all of a sudden now you're gun-shy to do anything with your money, and you've become a hoarder, right? You, like you keep all your money under a pillow, like in, in, in your house. You're like, I just don't, ah, I'm just afraid of it, losing it. Well, the thing is, again, because of a failure of the past, now it's impacting you. 
Jobs. Let's talk about that for a minute. You, you took a chance and you took this job that was kind of above your pay grade and maybe beyond your, your, your ability. And, and instead of kind of being able to do it, you end up getting fired, right? Happens sometimes. So you go back and you say, well, I guess I'm just going to stay here at this job, you know, this, this, you know, this job that's paying minimum wage for the rest of my life because I know I can do that. Well, what has happened? That failure of when you tried to step up to that new thing didn't work, and now here it is holding you back five years, ten years later. That's not God's best for you. Fear is not supposed to hold you back. And you're going to learn in a few minutes that actually it can propel you forwards. So let me give you three practical points that can help you. If you're dealing with a fear of failure in your life, I want to give you three steps that could be helpful to you to move forward from that. Can, how many people would like that? You know, I, I wish somebody told me this a few years ago. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you know, I, I'm telling you now out of a, a bag full of failure experiences, all right? But, uh, but the Lord is faithful and He's good. All right, so let me give you the first one. Stop believing the lies you've been told, all right? You've been lied to, all right? That's the reality of it. Let's look at the Scriptures. 1 Corinthians 1, verses 26 to 31. I'm reading from the Message Bible. Take a good look, friends, at who you were when you got called into this life. This means the born-again life, all right? I don't see many of the brightest and the best among you, not many influential, not many from high society families. Isn't it obvious that God deliberately chose men and women that the culture overlooks and exploits and abuses, choose these nobodies to expose the hollow pretensions of the somebodies? That it makes it quite clear that none of you can get by with blowing your own horn before God. Everything that we have, right thinking, right living, a clean state, slate, and a fresh start comes from God by the way of Jesus Christ. That's why we have the saying, if you're going to blow a horn, blow a trumpet for God. So I bring this scripture up to say this, that we are nothing apart from God. In other words, if we need to be honest to say, in a sense, we were losers without Jesus, all right? I'm just going to tell you that. Now, I know there's some teaching out there, you got to think good of yourself, blah, blah, blah. Listen to me. That's after Jesus, all right? You have to admit a need, and the bottom line is that I was hopeless and a mess until I met Jesus, and now I have a clean slate. I have hope for the future. So let me tell you this, if you had failures before Jesus, B.C., you know what I'm saying, before Jesus was a part of your life, that's not you anymore. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 says this, if anyone be in Christ, he's a new creation. The old has passed away, all has become new. So all those loser years that you had, all those failures, that's not you anymore. Now you may have done those things. Yeah, it happened, but it doesn't have to change your future in a negative way. In fact, I'm going to tell you right now, and we're going to see this in a few moments, that it can be a stepping stone to successes in your life. Amen? So you can't believe the lies of the past that you will always be that. You know, insert whatever that failure was. You cannot believe that. You need to begin to believe what God's Word says. And God's Word says that you are His child. God's Word says that you are in the beloved. God's Word says that He has plans for your future. He's got good things for you. Not a loser future, not a failure future, but good things in your future. Say amen if you agree with me. Because you got to begin to believe this. Here I am, I'm telling you. I, can, I tell you can I let you in know on a little secret? The stuff I'm telling you, I really do believe this stuff. I, I really do. But here's the thing, it only works for you if you believe it. Me believing it isn't good enough. You've got to be able to grab hold of this and say, yes, 
I don't have to live in my failures of the past. I can live in a future of successes, all right? All right, so stop believing the lies that you've been told, all right? The enemy just wants to lie to you all the time. Say there's no hope, no future for you. You know, you're always going to be a failure. That is all a lie. Begin to read God's word concerning his love for you and his plans for you. Good things, good things, a hope and a future for you. That's all through the Word, Old and New Testament. Good things He has for you. All right, so let's move on to the, the, the next thing. Oh, actually, before I do that, let me just say this. Sometimes we think that failure and success is based on IQ. You know, how smart you are. Well, isn't it interesting that, that most of the most successful people now never completed college even? You go back a few generations, the most successful people from 20, 30 years ago never even completed high school. So it's not about IQ, it's about BQ. Now, IQ, intelligent quotient, BQ is believer's quotient. In other words, how much do you believe? That's really, how much do you trust God's word? That is what hinges your success compared to a failure, amen? Do you believe in Jesus? Do you believe what his word says is true? If you do, then you have success ahead of you. I promise you. Amen? All right, let's look at the next thing. See past failures as stepping stones and not roadblocks to your future successes. Psalms 34 verse 4 says this, I sought the Lord and he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. Look, look at that. I sought the Lord, he answered me and delivered me from all my fears. So here's the thing. You've had a failure happen. Somebody stole your heart and crushed the thing and, and mincemeated it and left it in a pile on the ground. Here's the thing. You take that heart to Jesus and you say, Lord, I got a broken heart. Can you help me with this? And he will take it and he will put it back together and it will be better than it was before. But you got to take it to him. That's what it says here. I sought the Lord. In other words, whatever failure that's happened in your life, you've got to take it to the Lord so that he can bring healing into that so it no longer holds you back from future successes. Now listen, you're in good company. There, there's a lot of successful people now who began with failure. Let, let me just give you a couple of examples, all right? So, so here's one. How many people know Michael Jordan, right? Pretty, pretty famous guy, right? You know, Shot a lot of good baskets. And so here's the thing. He didn't make his varsity basketball team in his sophomore year of high school. He got cut. Can you believe that? Michael Jordan got cut from his high school team. Can you believe? You get what I'm saying? Now, what if he had said, oh, I guess that's the way it is. I'm a failure. I got cut. Guess what? Between you and me, we'd never know that guy's name. We wouldn't have Air Jordans. We wouldn't, we wouldn't have anything <laughs> as far as basketball goes. You get what I'm saying? You know, we remember his successes, don't we? Now, why? Because he didn't allow the failure to define who he was. Let me give you another example. Uh, how about the, the guy that made Jaws? I kind of wish that he was a failure, actually. But uh, Steven Spielberg, all right? He three times was rejected from film school. Three times he applied and got rejected. Again, I kind of hope that he had gotten rejected, that he wouldn't have that phobia of water. You get what I'm saying? He wouldn't have made Jaws because that's who directed it. But the point is, here's a guy, we remember him for his successes, right? In fact, all these people that I'm mentioning right now, you, some of you don't even know that they had failures. You just know about all the successes. All right, here's another one. Albert Einstein. He failed going to polytechnic school in Switzerland. They actually rejected him, said he wasn't good enough. Come on, Albert Einstein, you get what I'm saying? But we don't remember him for being rejected. We remember for what he did, his successes after him. Okay, here's another one. Let's go into a little more modern times. Katy Perry, okay, a pop singer. Her first album only sold 200 copies. 
Now, that's not very good, just so you know. That's like really, really bad. Here's another guy, Tyler Perry. How many people know that guy, right? <laughs> Guy's amazing, right? You know, multi-talented, director, actor, playwright. His first play had less than 30 people came to it. It was an utter, complete failure. So here's all these people, you know, and millions more who've had failures in their life, but you don't remember them for the failures, you remember the fact that they overcame those failures, that they became stepping stones. And it means that they made decisions to say, I'm not going to let that failure define me or stop me. I'm going to push beyond it and become successful. Now, I'm sure that Tyler still had some bad plays that he did. I'm sure that Katy Perry didn't have all perfect songs. You get what I'm saying? But they didn't let it define them. They said, I'm going to move on beyond this. And here's the thing. As believers, I don't even know where the most of these people are even believers. Look at what they did in the natural. With Jesus, everything is possible. There's a scripture that says that I can do all things who, through Christ, who what? Gives me strength. We've got Jesus in, on our side. If God before us, who can be against us? Romans 8, I think, verse 31. In other words, we've, we've got the King of kings and the Lord of lords inspiring us and pushing us on to get beyond the fear of failure that's in our lives. Amen? Okay. Let me just say this. If fear is going to be a part of our lives, and let's face it, at times it is in different levels, then it does one of two things. It's in front of you, holding you back, or it can be behind you, pushing you forward. Now, what do I mean by that? Okay, well, put whatever fear that's going on in your life, that fear of failure, whatever it is in your life, is it holding you back? Is it in your face? Well, then you're not going to be able to move forward. But if you can look that fear and say, no, 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 I'm moving forward and I'm not going to stay in this position any longer, I'm going to let it push me forward. In other words, I don't want to be like that anymore, and so it pushes you from behind to make the change. That's where you want fear. Put fear behind you in the name of Jesus, and God will help you, I promise you. Amen? Okay, let's move on to third and final point, and it's this, plan not to fail. So many times we fail because we didn't actually think it through. You know, we do stuff that maybe we shouldn't have done or whatever, and it leads us to a place where failure is inevitable. So here's the scripture that goes with this. Luke 14, 28 and 29. Suppose one of you wants to build a tower. Won't you first sit down and estimate the cost to see if you have enough money to complete it? For if you lay the foundation and are, not, and are not able to finish it, everyone who sees it will ridicule you, saying, this person began to build and wasn't able to finish. And so here we have the scriptures telling us that you need to plan. So you've had a failure in your life, all right? How many people have had at least one failure in their life? Put your hand up. All right. So what are you doing about it? Maybe you've already done something about it. You need to take a good hard look at it and say, why did that happen back there? How can I change it so that doesn't happen again? And make good decisions to move forward. For example, maybe in the area of relationships, you know, you remember that loser I talked about earlier? Okay, uh, maybe you need help to find somebody who's a good person. Don't pick them by yourself. Maybe you, unfortunately, pick losers, all right? So, so ask some people, some godly people around you, say, please, when I introduce so-and-so to you, will you let me know what you think? And, and let them be, because they're not connected emotionally, right? They're just going to tell you the way it is. Now, sometimes we don't want to hear that, right? But do you want to keep being a failure? No. We want what God has for us. So again, if, if your planning is flawed, get some help. That's what the body of Christ is about, to ask for help so that you no longer have to, you know, 
plan to fail in a sense, right? We don't want to plan to fail, do we? But we want to be successful in what God has called us to do. And it's hard. Back in my early years, uh, when I was uh, about 15 years old, I've told this story, uh, and uh, I just, I'll tell it again because it fits what I'm talking about. I, I was sent away, I was part of 4-H. How many people know what 4-H is? It's a, kind of a club, and you have different pets and animals, and you look after them and stuff. They, the organizers of it thought, hey, I, I, I may have some leadership qualities. I got no idea where they thought that, all right, at the time. So they sent me off to this leadership school thing. And it, was, it was a fun experience, about a, a week away. And so I came back, and they said, oh, by the way, since you went... You've got to say thank you to all the people that sent you and paid for it. I said, okay, well, who are they? I said, oh, well, you know, you don't actually, it's not just a couple people. It's the, the end of the year 4-H banquet, and there'll be like 500 people there. I'm like, I could have died. If I had known that I had to have done that before, I would have said, no, I'm not going. Because I just, I didn't like public anything, all right? Like, not. But my mom, the same one that held my hand and gave me peace, she actually ruled with a pretty iron fist, and she's like, no, you're going. So I went. I was scared to death, scared to death. So the guy in front before me that introduced me was like six foot. He was like Michael Jordan, all right? It wasn't Michael Jordan, but he was like six foot something. So the microphone was like way up here. So he was really nice, right? He, he introduced me, and then he lowers it all down and brings it down. So, so I go up, and I'm doing my thing, and I'm stuttering. I'm stumbling. It's bad, okay, like really, really bad. And then here's what happens. I'm almost to the end. I'm almost to the end. I'm, almost, I'm like, thank you, God. Like, I didn't know Jesus personally then, but I was just thanking the creator that I'm almost out of here. Yeah, and, and the microphone slowly starts to sink. The guy didn't tighten it quite enough. Now, nowadays, what would I do if that happened, right? I just grab the stupid thing, right, tighten it up, and just, just carry on. But I'm a 15-year-old, scared to death being up there. I, I talk about phobias. I can't move my arms. Like, I, I'm just, I'm like, uh. You know, so here's what I did. Because I couldn't do that, I just followed the microphone down. Now, can you imagine the response of 500 people that really don't care about me personally? You, you get what I'm saying? They start laughing. Now, they're not laughing with me. They're doing what? Laughing at me. So I remember, you know, I said, just, just thanks. You know, and, and I remember walking away. And I swore that day I would never, ever, ever stand before anybody and say anything. Never say never in God's ears. Here I am today, you know, years later. But the thing is, that was a phobia that just got more intensified. I didn't like it in the first place. All of a sudden now, I'm scared to death. So here's what I do. Every time I go to speak, I still have some butterflies. I still have all that. And if you watch me, if you happen to, you're probably not watching me. You're not supposed to be. You're supposed to be watching the person up here. But if you look at me, I usually take a deep breath. I go, Jesus, you've got this. Because if you don't, it's going to be a mess. And then I just say, amen, I come up and I do what I do. Why? Because I've overcome that phobia through time, through planning. I prepare, I get ready, I do everything I need to do. But ultimately, I'm trusting in Jesus to make up the difference. And that's what you need to do. I'm not saying that, that all fear will be gone when you're facing some of these phobias. But I'm telling you this, that if you see yourself with Jesus, that changes everything. You're not on your own anymore. Jesus is with you. Let's stand and pray. And for those that are planning to get baptized, if you're not changed yet, you should go get changed right now, all right? Amen. So every, head, every other head bowed and every eye closed just for a minute. What's the Holy Spirit saying to you right now? Is there a, a, a fear of failure 
a phobia of failure in your life? Is it a situation, a person, a circumstance that happened? And right at this moment in your life, if you were to honestly look at it, it's still impacting you today. And if that's you, I'm not going to ask you to come up or do anything like that, but if it's you, just put your hand up. And I'm just, just to do that, to acknowledge to the Lord, right? Just to be honest. See hands raised all through the sanctuary. God bless you. You can put your hand down. Father, you saw those hands raised everywhere. This is, this is a real deal thing. And Lord, we don't want any failures of our past to hold us back from the awesome future you have for us. So Lord, right now in the name of Jesus, we pray that we see ourselves with you, that you're standing right beside us, and not just standing there, but holding our hands, that we may be trembling in fear, we may be broken on the inside, but all of a sudden as we grab your hand, that we have a confidence that you've got everything under control, that everything is going to be okay, that you've got a plan moving forward, and it's not a plan to fail, <laughs> it's a plan for success in you. So, Lord, right now, in Jesus' name, I just speak deliverance to anyone dealing with a fear of failure. I pray right now in the name of Jesus to be freed from that. The Lord God, moving on from this point, that they will no longer be ter terrorized by this. No longer paralyzed by this. But that they will be able to move forward confidently with their eyes fixed upon you, the author of and the perfecter of our faith. Lord God, I thank you for every person that came here this morning. I believe, Lord, that, that everyone here got something from you, whatever that might be. But I pray that whatever seed was planted, that it would go into good soil of their hearts, that it would grow and multiply, and, and like Ingrid was talking about, bear fruit to bring honor and glory to you. So we just thank you, we praise you in Jesus' name. And everyone said, Amen. Amen.